You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gray. Let's talk about revival. Let's talk about the things of revival and things that are getting uh, in the way of revival and the things that will help us start a revival and, and, and get the fire of God going in our churches, in our homes, in our hearts. And light the fire again, because my, oh, my, do we need it. If, uh, if you're spiritual at all, you should, be, you should be concerned of the direction religion is going. Now, I know, I hear a lot of people, they're all concerned about the direction our country's going and, and uh, you know, government's going. And these are people like political-minded people. They're concerned about, you know, the politics and the COVID and vaccines and government and Democrats and Republicans, and they could be Christians or non-Christians, but I don't see very many Christians, pastors, or leaders that are that concerned about the church. They're concerned about those things and not realizing that how the church goes, how everything else goes. They, they, they're Christians, and they're not concerned about how stale the church has gotten, how selfish the church has gotten, church folks have gotten, how self-centered religion has gotten and sermons have gotten. They're not concerned about that at all. And the more we turn selfish and on ourselves, the less we're going to have a God. And the less we have a God, the less we have a chance of God coming down and rescuing us from the powers that are out not only to destroy the country, they're out to destroy the church. And I don't see anybody that concerned. I see them all, oh, you just... Uh, everybody's, uh, you know, they got one side or the other, you know, these big conflicts, they're all concerned about, you know, should you get jabbed or not get jabbed or whatever, you know, and uh, they, there's a lot of emotion in that, a lot of concern, a lot of arguments. They're siding on this and, and Republicans and Democrats and uh, immigration and all those kinds of things, COVID stuff and wow, as there are a lot of opinions and a lot of just emotion in it, you know, fighting emotion. But where are the ones fighting for the church? Where are those concerned for the church? I don't see it. I don't see the very much the emotion that's towards the outward things, the temporary things, those that can, you know, he says, you know, don't be afraid of that which can kill the body. You better be concerned with that which takes the soul into hell. But I don't see that much concern for it. So anyway, I'm going to a scripture here uh, that I, I love and to help us bring revival, and it's from Romans chapter 12, 2. Uh, this is where it talks about becoming a living sacrifice. Don't hear that much. You hear the phrase, you hear songs written about it, but you don't hear very many sermons about, okay, time for you to be a sacrifice. And, or they water it down, what it means to be a living sacrifice, and it's not worth anything after that. The word sacrifice, you don't have to die, but you still got to be a sacrifice. That's what Paul wrote. But anyway, here's, the, here's how it starts. He says, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Don't conform to it. And you know how, you know, uh, uh, after a heavy rain or a flash flood or whatever, even if it's a flash flood, unless it's a real heavy one, the rain comes and runs through my yard or whatever down the street and down some of the 
land here that we have at World Revival Church. We've got a big old hill here. Well, when the water starts flowing, unless it's a torrent, it pretty well conforms to the land. You know, if there's a hill, it takes a turn around the hill. If there's a valley, it goes down the valley. Well, the only way that you can change conforming to that land, to that hill, to that valley, is you better be a river of living water, a torrent. As, as the Bible says, there ought to be a river of life flowing out of you, a spring of water, a well of water springing up out of you. And that water has to be flowing so hard, so powerful, that it does not conform to the to the, to the land. It does not conform to that which is around it. It takes its own path and just barrels through. You've seen it. You've seen those floods that just change the, it just changes the land, right? Might wash, might wash out a bridge or, and here's this valley or, or here's this hill or whatever. And bang, it just washes everything away. And now the land looks completely different. Well, that's, a, I got a river of life flowing out of me. Woo. And that river, it's like a torrent that comes out. So I don't conform to the world. I don't conform to what's around me. I don't conform to what's happening around me because I don't want to conform to it. I want to change what I need to change and let this river flow the direction I want it to flow. It's a torrent. But anyway, so Paul wrote, don't conform to the hill or the valley or the pattern of the world. Okay, don't conform to it. I like this one. On uh, some other translations say, do not conform to the image of the world. Got its own lesson there. Conform to the pattern is good because there's that pattern of the land and the water just flows wherever the land tells it to go. But image is good too because we've been created in the image of God and there's the image of the world. There's the image of Satan. There's the image of all kinds of powers of darkness. And it says, don't conform to those other images, we got to stick and conform to the image of God. So either one's really good, uh, but do not conform to the image of the world. Now, it's a great time to talk about this because we want to have a move of God. We want to have revival. And yet, here we come, especially at holiday time, we got another spirit. We got the holiday spirit. We got the Christmas spirit. We got the Thanksgiving spirit. I don't think we have much of a Easter bunny spirit, but anyway, we got a lot of spirits out there, and people get into it, into the holiday spirit, and they they feel like that must be almost like the Holy Spirit, you know, it kind of kind of gives them that uplift, it's the holiday time, and it kind of gives uplift, it's kind of like a little revival season of uplift, of joy, and if you don't have it, they get upset, come on, it's Christmas, get the Christmas spirit, or then they get angry, like if it doesn't go right on Christmas Day, you ruined Christmas, it's like saying, you ruined the Christmas revival, because we, we set this aside as a special time, and when you get the Holy Spirit, though, you want to stick with God's Spirit and stay with it all year long, but I see people conforming to the pattern of the world and so just about this time of year around the holiday seasons and through that and into the new year's day and into thanks well don't let's not forget valentine's day some people are big on that and all these different holidays and the easter bunny comes along and all that stuff and people conform to that and they use that to give them an uplift you know and you've got to be so careful with it I remember I was telling some people the other day about the first time I even suggested in a church, even suggested that possibly we should maybe start telling our children that uh, the gifts that we get at Christmas don't really come from Santa Claus. They come from 
us and God, gift of God. Oh, they blew their, and these were Christians. They blew their stack like I'd blasphemed. You know, what? You can't take Santa Claus away? And I was going, well, you do know he's not real. You do know it's a lie. You're lying. You know where liars go, don't you? Well, that I shouldn't have said that line. Boy, did that set him off. But anyway, it, it's not true. It's a myth. And, uh, and, and so I suggested to them what we do and what we've done in our home uh, is we, we take Santa Claus and, and make him a fun character. Just a fun character. We got a lot of fun characters. There's no reason we can't make him fun character too. We do we need to make him God? Do we need to make him the one who sees sees everything and knows everything? Creepy. He's watching us when we sleep. Come on, I don't like that. And uh, but it's like God attributes we give to an inanimate object or a, a myth like they gave it to frogs or trees or fish. Well, now we give it to this mythological character. Uh, called Santa Claus, and, 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 and how do we know the damage that's not doing in the spirit realm? Now, here we're people wanting God to come down. God, come down and refresh us and revive us and set us on fire and manifest your Shekinah glory, all the things that people want God to do and speak to us and fire up our services. And at the same time, then we're worshiping and telling our kids and other people that uh, Santa Claus is watching you and, and uh, coming to town and bringing you gifts and doing all. Come on. That's I, you. God's not going to compete, and you say, "Well, I'm, you know, it's just a short little time in, in, uh, in the season." Yeah, but that that's a, that's just God just doesn't like that stuff, and that's going to affect your whole life, and your whole year when you start calling out for the real God to come down. Well, it just may be too crowded in your house with the mythological characters. Now, what we did though is we didn't want to become. So legalistic because our culture has these characters. So how do you balance it out so you don't lose God and insult God and make God jealous by giving inanimate objects or mythological characters God-like powers, and yet it's still in our culture. So we just we just made it a fun character, just like we make every other thing a fun character. You know, we uh, I've never been uh, I I've never been a Star Wars that i remember when star wars was out you know and i i think i went to see star wars with some people or whatever but uh i've never been big big you know we got some people big big on it and um, my son-in-law jd king who's a pastor at our church you know he grew up on that it was big big in his life and so you know you think i'm gonna go and tell him there's no such thing as Darth Vader. You need to repent. <laughs> or Luke Skywalker. I'm glad I can even think of the names. There's no such thing as those. You need to repent, J.D., if you're going to be a pastor at World Revival Church. I don't want to hear those. Of course not. They're just fun things, you know, and they laugh at them and they watch them and they, you know, we know they're not real. Uh, and uh, some people, they get off on the, I saw another, uh, I saw another ad recently of some Batman movie that's going to come out. Am I supposed to, like, hold up a cross and say, oh, that's not real in Batman and all? No, of course not. If I can put them in a category, look, it's just, it's not real. It's entertainment. We live in entertainment. If we can keep it in that realm, not go overboard, keep everything within the limits, you know, of what we need to keep everything uh, in in, uh, in the limits and the boundaries of what it is, well, then we can have fun with it. And so, so we'd have fun. We'd have fun growing up in our house, and we'd still sing jingle bells. And sometimes we'd even make up our own lyrics and just laugh our heads off. And 
and uh, you know, and it was just a, just another character. It's a Spider-Man or Batman or whatever, Darth Vader man, you know, and there's Santa Claus and, and he got elves, okay, and Frosty the Snowman, okay, and we just laugh and have fun. And the kids all knew and we just had a good time together, but every one of us knew that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the one. He's God's the giver of gifts, and he blesses our family that we can be a blessed family. And we all knew what was right and what was wrong. We had fun, as much fun as anybody else. We'd sing those silly songs, and we'd sing Christmas carols, and, uh, and we just knew everything what was real and what was not real, and we knew Spider-Man wasn't real, Batman wasn't real, Santa Claus isn't real, elves aren't real, snowman's, the snowman's not real. <laughs> we all knew that. So we just laugh it away and just enjoy it as, as, as just mythological characters that have no power in our lives, and we're not going to give them any power. They're just entertaining figures, just like on a stage or anything else, just entertainment figures that are part of our culture, and we just keep them right there. And that way we can keep ourselves not conform to the image of the world by giving power to mythological characters that catch us later when we ask God to come down in power. Good lessons. It doesn't take the fun away, but it does take the power away uh, that Satan wants to give to his characters, to other characters, I should say, other than God, and keeps us on track with God's the only one. And all authority and all power in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. I hope that helps you as you go into this, whether it be now, later, Easter Bunny, whatever, helps you put everything in focus so you can stay in the power of God and in the spirit of revival. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.